0: Wow. Hallelujah! Glory to the name of Jesus! Glory to the name of Jesus! Whoo! Yeah, the Bible says, "Let everything that have breath praise the Lord." You can praise Him with the instruments. Yeah, you know. I thought about that song that says, "When the pressures of yesterday." took all of my strength away. You renewed my strength. Now I can journey on. That's why I need the Lord. Because the pressures of yesterday will take my strength away. But every morning, God will renew my strength. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. This morning, yeah, this, oh, I bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, in the book of Psalm, the Lord has already given me two new messages. I <laughs> praise the Lord. One, I was riding along, I had to put my note on and dictate as I was riding. And then Minister Smalls was singing, ministering, I had to stop and, and had to make some notes. Praise the Lord. Ooh, God is good. Come on now. Ah, his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endured to all generations. Praise the Lord. Anyway, Psalm 139, verse 14. uh, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Now, let me, let me give a, 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 a little note here as I begin this, this message. I'm not sure that this message is, is, a, is, a, is a correct from a homiletics perspective. So if I don't refer to this text a whole lot, you get the message. Amen? I, the Lord just has me on this whole back in this vein of trusting him and so today we want to talk about trusting God a broader perspective a a broader perspective so father thank you for your anointing thank you for your presence release a fresh anointing of your spirit now so that I can communicate to your people that which you communicated to me I pray that this will be a fresh word to someone today to some people today you speak to us concerning trusting you thank you lord it's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you amen amen trusting god a a broader perspective okay Uh, there's a reason that the lord has us in this vein in this season that we're living in and my prayer is that we will hear what the lord has to say to us Amen. Amen. God wants to take us beyond where we are into what he has destined us to be and do. I'm reminded over and over again, even though our theme for this year is the time is now, how last year God spoke to us about shifting. And we saw the shifting that, took, that is, has taken place and is taking place in the world around us because the time is now for shifting. And for those who are here, uh, God is speaking to us in this, this now season about trusting him. Trusting him. There, 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 are, a lot of, there are a lot of things that, we, that are surrounding us and that are coming at us uh, and a lot of perspectives that are coming our way, uh, and this has always been that way. But it seems like it's more pronounced, maybe just to me, in this season, and not just for me. But, 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 but as a as a pastor, uh, part of my responsibility is to pay attention and to to watch over the flock. And part of watching over you is paying attention to what's going on around us in the world, uh, so that. I can hear the Lord as, as he speaks, uh, and I don't want to make that sound like I'm so super spiritual or what have you. That's just, that's just a part of my responsibility as a pastor. Uh, I have to pay attention to the world, to the events that go on in the world that affect us day by day. That's uh, from my understanding and my experience, that's the eye of a pastor. Uh, We see a lot of things happening in the world around us politically and we see politicians who don't care for the people that they've been elected to serve. I've had this conversation a couple of times this week about this whole coronavirus issue uh, and the things and how it's been made so political because people in leadership are more concerned about their position and their power and their finances than they are about the people that they have been, quote, unquote, called to serve. Um, Any politician is not just there to be elected to office, but you're called to serve the people. Uh, I never forget talking with a former senator uh, of York County, one of the districts here, uh, about the divide in, in Congress that we're seeing today. And he said, he said, you're right. He said, and I was talking to him about how it seems like people are more concerned about their party uh, and their political persuasion than they are the, the majority of the people in the country. And he said, you're right. He said, there used to be a time when we, when we may have been divided on an issue politically on the floor of the House, but when we got into committee and we started talking and, and discussing and weighing the sides, we tried to come up with a conclusion that would benefit everybody. He said, that's not the case now. That is not the case now. This is from an elected senator of York County, former senator of York County, who was a Republican and is a, still a Republican, um, you know, and I wasn't speaking from a position of being a Democrat. I was speaking from a position of just paying attention to what's going on in our society around us. So our, our, our place in leadership is to look out, to see, to pay attention to what's going on so that we can also put our ear to the mouth of God and hear. I mean, don't take that literally, okay, <laughs> so that we can listen to God and we can hear what God is saying to his people. Amen. And, and so as I, as, I, as I see, as I pray, as I ask God, God, what is the message that you have for, for your people uh, this week? And this is, I'm sharing with you what I'm hearing from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so, so God wants to take us beyond, take us beyond where we are. Okay, he wants us to reach that place, to get into that place that he is destined for us to be, so we can do the things in life that he is destined for us to do. Now, when I'm doing what God has, when I'm being and doing what God is destined for me to be and do, I am not the only person blessed. You're blessed. Other people in the world are blessed. Because God is not just concerned about me. And he doesn't want me just to be concerned about me. That is a selfish perspective. Selfish perspective. And God is not selfish. God loves all of us. Amen. And he proved that by sending Christ into this world to die on the cross for everyone's sin. Amen. There is not anyone in this world where atonement has not been provided for. Now, people may not be receiving that atonement, but atonement has been provided for everyone in this world. Amen, amen, amen. The giants in life are real. Amen? They're real. They're not a figment of our imaginations. We face situations in life that are giants to us, all right? Uh, 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 but if, if, we, if we focus on the giants in the land, pay attention, I'm referencing scripture, I'm not giving you the verses, but if we focus on the giants in the land, then we will perceive ourselves as being grasshoppers in the face of the giants. Amen? And that's not what God intends for us. Amen? If our focus is not on our God who made the promise and according to Hebrews 10 and 23, he is the one who is faithful to the promise that he made. We will perceive ourselves as grasshoppers before every giant we face. And we will do just like the, 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 the entire Hebrew army did in the face of Goliath. They ran scared. All Goliath had to do was come, come out and show himself and speak. And all of the armies of Israel from his presence. But that was one man <laughs> who didn't see himself as a grasshopper before that giant. Well, when you go back to Moses, there were two who didn't see themselves as grasshoppers. So there are people, as you've studied the scriptures and you perceive, you see how God is showing us examples of how we should be in life. We shouldn't be like those people that perceive everything that's that's bigger than us or different from us or more educated than we are, more skilled than we as a giant that we should flee from. Amen. One of the things in our, in our school of ministry lesson this past week that we talked about that is so important is that the anointing of God uh, is, is, is that every one of us are anointed. Amen. Every one of us have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the church has played into the hands of the world and the devil by dividing us and our lack of understanding, and people will disagree with me on this, but I'm speaking the truth to you as is revealed in the scriptures. Uh, uh, that 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 once you get saved, you got to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then you got to come back and you got to get indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Then you got to come back and get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a whole body of doctrine in the church world that teaches us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second work of grace. Now, that immediately divides us. Rather than teaching that the only way you can be incorporated into the body of Christ is by Holy Spirit baptizing you, immersing you into him, uh, and the church is his body. Amen. So every one of us have been baptized. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you believe that Jesus died for your sins and you've accepted him, you have been baptized into the body of Christ. Now you do need to be filled because filling is an ongoing process. Filling is as you yield yourself to his indwelling presence. Holy Spirit dwells in every one of you who are born again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He dwells in you. Amen. He wants to use you, and in his using, you need that, 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 that unction. You, that, that, <clears throat> you need that power to come upon you so that God can uh, or to rise up in you so that God can use you for the occasion. Amen. But we have to move beyond that division that makes us feel like, even in the church, that some of us are giants and some of us are grasshoppers. Amen. We need that understanding. We need that understanding. We have to move, amen. I believe that in this season that, that, that God is bringing the body of Christ together so that we will be one, that there's always one Lord, there are, there's always one Lord, one faith, one baptism, amen, that we begin to understand the unity of the body of Christ so that we can be that forceful army in this world that God has ordained us to be. Amen. Amen. Now, when we understand this, it, it, it provides an opening, not just the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want us to kind of, I want us to, to see trusting God in a broader perspective because I believe we've kept this inside the church and inside of faith working in the church. Okay, uh, When we understand that, it will provide an opening for God to free us from the hindrances in our moving forward in life to become all that we are destined to be, to, to become, and all that we are destined to do. It's partly a, manner, a matter of seeing our trust in God from a, bo- a broader perspective. As a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ... I don't just need to say this, but I need to trust God in every area of my life. Since there is nothing, since there is nothing, can you say nothing? Say nothing hidden from the eyes of the Lord. Since there is nothing that is hidden from his eyes, he is concerned about everything he sees in us. Amen. That concerns us, and he is here to do something about what he sees in our lives if we will trust him and allow him to do it. Trust is the key. Trust is the key. Trusting God is not simply for the spiritual battles as we have understood them. Okay? Pay attention. Okay? Okay? God wants us to trust Him, so that we can see what He has uniquely prepared for us in our lives. Uniquely prepared for us. Whereas the anointing is the same, there are unique. There's, a, there's uniqueness in the ways uh, God has destined us to be used by His anointing for His glory and for our benefit. The anointing is the same. There's no different anointing. There's one Holy Spirit. Amen? Who fills all of us. Got to understand that. The anointing is the same. You have the same anointing that I have. Amen. Now, the operation might be different. The intellect might be different. The the skill and the ability might be different. But the anointing is the same. There is no half a quarter filling of the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost. God doesn't fill you a quarter of the way. He doesn't baptize you a quarter of the way. He doesn't baptize you 50% of the way. Amen. So his anointing is the same. Amen. Holy Spirit lives in you in all of his power. In all of his power. Not a quarter of his power. Not 75 percent of his quarter of his power, but 100 percent of Holy Spirit lives in you. Now just think about what that means for you. And if you can't think about it, maybe I can share some things with you. Now we, 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 we believe that God is sovereign. We believe that everything that we do, everything that, 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 that we're supposed to do, everything in this world, should be centered on God. And I asked the Lord as I was preparing this message, I said, you know, I said Lord, sometimes, sometimes when we're preaching, it makes it seem like we forget all of the people in the world who are doing great things and who seem to be rich and developing all of their skills and all of their ability to do, do wonderful things. Sometimes it seems like for those of us in the church, we're forgetting that and our young people are looking at what we're see, hearing what we're saying and they're looking at the world and they see a dichotomy, they see a difference. God just reminded me of Psalm 73. He said, in Psalm 73, David said, it like the wicked are prospering. He said, my feet almost slipped, almost fell. I looked at the wicked, and I saw they were prospering. He said, but I went into the sanctuary. I got into God's presence, and I understood now in God's presence things a bit differently.'" Now you remember, everybody in this world created by God, come from God, because we're all descendants of Adam, first man God created. All of us, whether we're saved or not saved. So there's a uniqueness in everybody. Some people are going to perish in the end, and some people are going to live eternally. So I don't want to just enjoy life in this life and eternally perish, because eternity is real. It's real, whether heaven or whether hell. And there's some more to that. I can't preach it all today. But the Lord just reminded me of that. You know, it's a different perspective. Yeah, people in the world are doing well, but for us, we need God's wisdom. We need to to enter into what God has destined us to be. That's where fulfillment is in life. That's where we become impactful not only for ourselves, but for people around us. And God never created you just for yourself. You didn't get an education just so you could be educated and get rich. No. All of us, every skill we have is for someone else. And we are blessed by fulfilling those abilities and those skills that God has given. It's called making money. <laughs> That's part of it, not all of it. <clears throat> That's part of it. So you're not skilled in any area then you, you're not going to make any money. And then you're going to be complaining before the Lord that you're always broke. And you're not always broke. Sometimes it's how you use what the Lord gives. That's another subject. That's another day. Let me go home. <laughs> Let me go a little bit further. Yes, yes, yes. So you and I are saved for a purpose. You're saved, you're saved for a purpose. In in being saved, we're all baptized by the Holy Spirit, incorporated into the body of Christ, right? Yet we are not all the same. Think about that. We, We are not all the same, but think about what we do, what people do. Maybe not anybody in here. Many people spend a whole lot of time trying to be like other people. When we should spend more time discovering what unique way God has designed us and how he wants to use that uniqueness. That uniqueness meaning gifts, talents, and abilities. Those things he has placed in us. Solomon said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, 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 God formed me in my mother's womb and knew all of those unique things about me. He, I, I'm so unique that God knows the number of hairs that's on my head. God knew that my hair was going to be kinky. And he knew that yours was going to be straight. That's, the way he des- that's in our DNA. That's a part of the design. But still, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I read that and I, and I, hear the, I heard the Lord say, you're unique. You're not like everybody else. There are some things about you that's like other people. You look like your father. I mean, you grew up in a, in a, in a culture uh, and, and you learned the, the, the culture that you grew up in, but I took you out of the culture and I sent you into the world so that you could learn some different things. You can see that the world does not revolve around Blair, South Carolina. Everybody doesn't grow up in pig feet and chitlins. Amen. There are people that eat different things and it's good. But unless I take you out of your that's the other message the Lord gave me, I'll say it. But unless I take you out of the culture that you grew up in and expose you to the world, you'll only know the culture that you grew up in. And it's good to be exposed. You hear me? It's good to be exposed. Anyway, I don't have a clock, so I'm free. <laughs> I... We get caught up in being like other people. Hmm? We emulate people and things that we, that, that we... We emulate people and things, and we want to be like those people. So we, we watch television. I mean, you know, this is what I realized other than I said to my wife. I said, you know what? We were watching some old television shows. And I said... You know, and I like some of the old shows. Some of the new shows just don't make too much sense to me. I said, you know what? We grew up watching these people and liking these people and wanting to be like these people when they didn't care anything about us. But television was a means of entertainment. So we wanted to look like the movie stars. We wanted to act like the movie stars. I mean, you see it in church. You see people who hear a beautiful singer and they want to sing like them so they practice. You see preachers doing the same thing I used to tell you. I've told you several times about being in seminary and, you know, going into the restroom on Sunday morning, some of my seminary students standing in front of the mirror, you know, practicing their hoop, you know, and, and, and so that they could sound like somebody else. There were so many C.R. Franklins, amen, in the world because because in the Baptist church, that was the, that was the, I guess because he was a famous preacher, that was the epitome of preaching. And so a whole lot of preachers wanted to develop a hoop like C.L. Franklin. Maybe y'all don't know who I'm talking about. But that's, that's what we do. And people are doing the same thing today. They see things on television, they see something else they like, and then they, they like it, they want to be like it. Hmm not realizing that there is a uniqueness in the way that God has created them and they should spend time discovering that uniqueness and walking in and developing that uniqueness. Mm. When we want to always be like someone else, amen, uh, it stops us from moving into the arenas that God has designed for us. Let me show you this. I've noticed over the years in in missions and traveling to African countries, and I saw this first in Liberia because this is where I want to go. I used to go all of the time. So on the streets, I mean, it's a market economy, you know, and so you see people with their little businesses. You, You see little children. Uh, seven, eight, nine years old on the streets selling things. You go into the marketplace, you see people selling things. But one of the things that you notice is that everybody is selling the same thing. The question has arisen in my mind, if everybody is selling the same things, then who's going to make any good money? Because what the consumer has to do is the consumer has to roam around and look At everybody's produce, unless they're just in a hurry and they get to the first one they see and they want to get that, and look at and decide which one is better. Mm. Nothing special, nothing unique, and the owner doesn't make very much of a profit because the owner is like everybody else. Everybody else. If someone was just unique, sold a different product, a special product that was useful to the consumer, because it has to be useful to the consumer, they will sell that product faster. Are you listening? And if you sell your product faster, that means you take your money and reinvest it and you get more of that product that's unique so that you begin to move forward faster. You're not like every Body else. Mm. I heard at a conference one time that, that if you want to develop a successful business, find a niche and fill it. Find a niche, meaning find something that, that needs to be done, something that is useful, something that is needful, something that very few or nobody else is doing and fill that niche. You'll be successful. You're developing Your uniqueness. David again declared, I am fearfully. David understood that God had developed him in a unique and a wonderful way. Now, it's not saying that God didn't develop anybody else unique and wonderful, but David got the revelation. We've got to get the revelation that we are unique. Amen. 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 We are unique. God is looking for us to to discover our uniqueness and walk in our uniqueness uh, so that he can enter in and do what he can do, what only he can do in our lives. So I go back to this issue of promotion. What can God do? God can promote us. Are you listening? Psalm 75 verse 6. Promotion doesn't come. Now, now the psalmist was speaking to the wicked and letting them know don't get caught up in who you are and where you attained, what you attained. Because promotion does not come from the east nor the west or the south. You could have said other north, but you got the message. Promotion comes from God. God can, God can promote us. God can, can, can promote us. Amen. God can make our gifts, our talents and our abilities noticeable. Can you say Noticeable. Notice, noticeable to others, so that opportunities are presented to us for His glory and for our good. Listen, what are you talking about? You can have all the wonderful gifts in the world, but if you're not noticed by people who are in the powers that be in the world, then you are not pushed forward. God will make you noticeable. Well, what well are you seeing in the scripture? God made Joseph noticeable to Pharaoh. Remember, his brothers tried to destroy him. His brothers tried to kill him. Well, we can say God made Joseph noticeable to his daddy. He was a special son. Made him a special coat of many colors. He was special. Amen. God made him noticeable. But when his brothers tried to kill him and when he got down into Egypt, sold into Egypt, and the devil tried to destroy him, God, even though Joseph went into prison, don't worry about it when you go into prison. When the devil calls you to go into prison, God has a plan and a purpose that the devil can't throw it. You got to believe this is a part of trusting God. Amen. This is Joseph's life. This is Joseph's, Joseph's livelihood. This is what God did for Joseph. He can do for you. God made Joseph noticeable to Pharaoh, and what was the end result of Joseph? Joseph ended up being administrator of the whole country of Egypt, blessing the entire then known world. Because when the famine was all over the world and there was no food anywhere, there was food in Egypt because God had given Joseph the wisdom Amen, to tell Pharaoh what to do. This is a Hebrew, amen, a Hebrew young man in a foreign nation. Don't even worry about it when you're in a foreign, let me get not get ahead of myself, in a foreign place, glory to the name of Jesus. Amen, sometimes in your life you are in a foreign place, but God sees you. God knows you. God has a plan. You are uniquely and wonderfully made by God, and God will not forget you in that foreign place. God made Joseph noticeable. Mm. God made Esther noticeable. Here you got another Jew. Amen. In the land of Shushan, the Persian kingdom. And Vesta acted a fool. Maybe she was doing it out of her own self-respect, but she should have did what the king told her to do. But you know, sometimes God orchestrates things. You know, when you read that Psalm Psalm 139, it talks about how God puts one down to lift up another. Amen. So that's didn't do what the king told her to do. And his advisor says, you need to depose her because if if what she did is seen by the other women, our wives and what have you, they're going to act like her. And in those days, women were quite submissive. This could be different today. Amen. It's different for man, but I don't think it's different for God. I mean, even though God teaches us to respect each other, amen, to submit to one another in love, amen, and, we're, and we are called upon to submit to our husbands, women, I mean, women are called upon to submit to, to their husbands, and husbands are to submit to their wives. But, 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 but they have to look for a new queen. And what did God do? God made Esther noticeable to the king. Among all of the other young women in the kingdom, it was Esther that God caused the king to see. And she was elevated to be queen of the entire Persian empire. There's some queens and some kings in this place that God wants to elevate. Are you hearing? Children, can you understand what I'm saying? God wants to lift you up. God wants to make the... Now, He's going to make not only other people see you, but he's going to make the world see you because what he put inside of you is going to bless the world. Do you not realize, and I'm not saying this to lift myself up in any way, but do you not realize that the gift that God placed inside of me and the uniqueness inside of me has caused me to be able to go to many countries in the world and preach the gospel? Now, my concern is not making money. My concern is that God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. I don't need all the money in my bank account. God has the money. All I need him to do is release it when I need it. Amen. Hallelujah. And God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. Sometimes you bless me, amen, and you don't know why you're blessing me, but it's God in the midst. And when you bless your man of God, God will turn around and bless you because you obeyed him. God made Esther noticeable. God made Daniel noticeable. Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, God made them noticeable. Glory to God, to King uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Because, and, and all of these people now listen, all of these people were committed to the Lord. He made them noticeable. God wants to make you noticeable on your job. God wants your supervisor. God wants the boss. To see you. And God will make you noticeable. Not only your boss, but God will make folk in the world see you so that they will start coming to you asking you for the wisdom that God has placed inside of you. They will seek out your skill, they will seek out your ability. And guess what? You're blessed, they are blessed, but you're not only just blessed. Now, we use the term blessed, but let me break blessed down. God gives you financial success. God gives you social success. God gives you mental success. Amen? God opened doors for you that nobody can can, can close for you. So when we talk about being blessed, we're not just walking around here talking about when I get to church on Sunday morning, I can dance. We're talking about I got peace at home. I can sleep in my house. I can sleep in my bed. I don't have to sleep on old, hard 50-year-old mattress. When I need a mattress, I can go to the store and buy me a good mattress and not a cheap mattress at that. Y'all, come on. I'm trying to be practical. I visited a friend one time, went to preach years ago, and he wanted me to stay at their house. And I said to him, after the first week, I said, he said, I want you to come back next year. I said, "Uh, I'm glad to come back, but you need to buy, you need to change the mattress on that bed or either put me in a hotel because I can't sleep on that mattress. Now, you can't tell everybody that. You know, you got to have close relationships with people. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I got got a mattress in my house I need to change. Everybody that visits and sleeps on that mattress talks about how good that mattress is. And I'm saying, I know that I need a new mattress. (laughs) But baby, what you sleeping on at home must not be a good mattress. Now, I'm not laughing at people's conditions. But what I'm saying is, God wants to put you in a position where you can get what you need. Amen. I was in the store the other day and I wanted to buy something. I said, Thank God I can buy what I want. I understand my level now. I'm not trying to buy what a billionaire can buy. Amen. But I can buy in my category what I can afford to buy at this time. And God is elevating and raising up my category. Are you understanding? Amen. So I don't have to look for the cheapest chicken. I can get me some organic chicken, glory to the name of Jesus. I don't have to buy canned goods that cost 59 cents, glory. I can buy the fresh organic vegetables and don't worry about what it costs me. Because I'd rather pay high on this end by buying and cooking healthy than paying high on the other end, paying high doctor bills and medical bills. But God will make you noticeable so that you can be blessed. And in your being blessed, you can, you can be a blessing to other people. Now remember, whatever God does for you is not just for you. you got to remember that. You're not getting educated simply for you. All of us who've gotten our degrees and who study hard, we're doing this so that we can enter into the workforce and we can bless people. Amen. And teachers, You are some of the most blessed people in the world and God used you to bless so many people. It's just sad that our our government doesn't value teachers the way that they should. But keep on doing what you're doing. God will make you noticeable. Amen. He, he's, he's making you. He's going to bring you out. He's going to raise you up. He's going to, there's some uniqueness in you that needs to come out that you have not yet tapped into that's going to take you into an arena where God wants you to be that's going to place you in a place where people will see the value that's inside of you and pay you for it. Um, y'all not even believing what I'm saying. Or well, maybe I'm not making sense. Anyway. I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm making sense to me. (laughs) Ah, All of this requires hearing and understanding trust in God from a broader perspective, from a broader perspective. Remember last Sunday's message? God's eyes are scanning the earth. To show himself strong, looking for those that are fully committed to him, to show himself strong, I think it says, to those who are fully committed to him. Okay, God is looking around. God is, it's it's just, you know, I just see, see in my mind, and I love that picture of the King James, that God's eyes are running to and fro, to and fro, Because you see, as his eyes scan the earth, everybody, he doesn't see everybody trusting and believing him. He still sees us arguing with him. Well, why does it have to be this way? Why do I have to be a Christian? Why do I have to follow Jesus? I mean, and these are people who are brought up in the faith. Why do I need to go to church? Why should I pay money? Why, why, why? Why can't I have? Why can't I? Because God's ways are right. And God is looking for those who will acknowledge that his ways are right. And even though sometimes you may fail, but your ultimate goal, your ultimate desire, your heart's desire is that you trust the Lord. You trust the Lord to bring you uh, into that place that he wants you to be. You trust the righteousness that you have in Christ Jesus, and you know that any righteousness that you have is just like filthy rags. So all of your trust is in the Lord. So his eyes are scanning. His eyes are looking around. He's looking for that person that's fully committed to him. So, 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 so I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. God's eyes are scanning the earth for those who are fully committed to him because he wants to show himself strong. He wants to show himself strong. So when God raises you up, don't say I. Don't say I did it. Don't say because of the family I came from, because of the education that I got. God is showing himself strong in your situation. He are fully committed Uh, From this perspective, God, I'm I'm fully committed to discovering your will and the plans for my life. I won't be set in my own ways and my own thoughts. I will seek your thoughts. I will seek your plans for my life. Because like Jesus, I didn't come into this world to do my own will. I'm here, Lord, to fulfill your will. Mm. A broader perspective. I'm here, Lord, to do your will. And I trust you. Amen. So that so that I can latch on to you and your mighty power in my life that will bring about the change, that will bring about the freshness, that will bring about new opportunities as you make us or make me noticeable in this world. Mm. There's a song, Psalm 20, Psalm 16 and 18. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. Now, literally... It's interpreted that when you go to a person, a person that's in a higher position, you bring a gift. And that gift will open or make room for you, will help you get into that person's presence. But spiritually, every one of us have been gifted. Holy Spirit lives in us. And there are manifestations of the Spirit that we've been gifted with. Those gifts will make room for you. That's why you got to discover how uniquely you are made, how uniquely you are gifted. They're going to make room for you. They're going to make room. Take advantage of the room that the gift makes for you. Yeah, Because God wants to push you forward. God wants to elevate you. God wants to make you noticeable to the world are noticeable to people who can get you that recording contract. People who can help you start this new business. God wants to make you noticeable to people who can open the doors in ministry for you to go different places and, 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 and teach different seminars. I'm not just talking about preaching. I'm thinking about people who are psychologists and sociologists. Amen. And, 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 and I, I saw... Uh, Sister Narkia went to a conference, and I looked at one lady, on the, and I thought it was her. And I asked her, was it you presenting? She said, no, Bishop, that wasn't me. And I think Trevor said, maybe that's prophetic, Bishop. I said, it's prophetic. Watch and see. Watch and see. And it's not so much about us getting on the big stage so we can get a name. See, the problem with a lot of us is that we're looking for a name. We don't need to be looking for a name. We need to be looking for the glory of God. Amen. And God knows our hearts. He knows our hearts and he knows that some of us some of us can't stand the big stage yet. We need to be humble before the Lord. Some of us are not humble now. Lord have mercy. Lastly, lastly, lastly be careful in this process. Be careful not to get caught up Or not to get stuck in where you are and what you're doing or what you're going through right now. You know, I was riding along, taking my wife to the doctor the other day. And the Lord just gave me this message. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm driving. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. And I'm on the interstate. I'm on I-77. And I said, Lord, Holy Ghost. I said, Holy Ghost, you got to bring this back to my remembrance. Because on I-77, I can't just record, do a voice recording. And, 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 and I heard, as I, was, as I was riding along, I heard, and, and I understand, okay? So don't think I'm misunderstanding. I heard this, apparently he's a new artist or something, and he has a new project going on, and I, and I heard him talking. But I, but I heard us, okay? I heard us and how we in the church, we get excited, we get emotional, we can really dance when you talk about us going through. And you know how it was growing up in the, in the old church now. Now, we, we'll get up and dance. But when the preacher start preaching about your trials and your tribulations, and mama gone, daddy gone, my, my pastor on Mother's Day, he would always preach a sad sermon. And folk would holler and scream and just fall out and be all across the benches and everything. And the Lord just began to minister to me about how we can get stuck on where we are. I know that black people have struggled in the United States of America. But saints, we can't get stuck there. I know we've been mistreated. I know that we were never intended to be more than slaves in the United States of America. But we can't in our minds. We can't be stuck there. For those of us who are doing well, it's because we didn't get stuck. On what we were going through. Yes, we're going through. Listen to me good. You know, some young people only know what they heard about the struggle. And we are forgetting that there was an entire period of time when we progressed. We're forgetting that there was an entire period. My father had a pulpwood business. He owned three trucks at one time. I didn't see that as a business then, but I didn't see that we were poor either. I saw every one of us graduate from high school. It was not an option as to whether we went to school or not. I lived in a home where there was structure, where there was discipline. Now we're on television talking about how things have to change in our communities but we're forgetting that they can't change from the, from the outside. They have to change from the inside. Until we start reaching these parents that are having babies and not old enough to be a parent, don't know anything about being a parent and having structure and discipline in their houses, our communities are not going to change. Telling people, you need to make sure your children are at home by a certain time at night. Well, if mama, a mama most of the time is mama, mama doesn't have any control. At home, she can't make sure her children are in bed at 9 o'clock at night. House I grew up in, you better be in the house unless mama or daddy knew you were out after 9 o'clock. I got a good whipping one time because I went to play basketball with my, with my friends, somewhere with my cousins. I didn't ask daddy. That was the thing. You don't leave this yard without permission. Now, our children are all over the place. Some of our children, not all of our children. Because there's a lot of, uh, not structure. We're looking for everybody else to do what needs to be done in the home. The teachers can't teach because of your unruly children. Not yours. Not yours. <laughs> Amen. We don't have community like we used to have it. if I acted up somebody down the street had the right and I better not say that they were lying had the right to whip me and take me home and I'd get a second whipping you might call it abuse but that's structure in the community that's a community caring about everybody's children we've gotten stuck where we are and God says in order for me to develop your uniqueness In order for you to see your uniqueness and develop your uniqueness, in order for me to push you forward, you cannot get stuck. You can't talk about what you're going through all of the time because you're not going through something all of the time. Yes, it rains. Yes, hurricanes come. But there are times when there's no storm. There's time when there's peace. There's time when there's opportunity. Yes, wintertime comes. But springtime comes. Can't get stuck. You can't get stuck. What you're going through is a part of the processes of life. Young men, young women, I hope you're hearing today. Don't buy into the fact that we are being oppressed in America. We might be, there are some people who don't understand, they don't see, and they might be trying to oppress us. But you serve a God that's bigger than the oppressor. Are you understanding me? You serve a God who delivered Israel from Egypt. That's where we get liberation theology from. When we study the Bible, people are oppressed. But God, he delivers Strong arm, mighty outstretched hand. Pharaoh can't resist him. Are you listening? When you begin to see the uniqueness in you and develop that uniqueness in you, God now has the opportunity to push you forward. Obstacles may be all around you. God can move the obstacle just for you. God can take you over the obstacle around the obstacle. He doesn't have to move it. He has different ways of fixing it. Because he wants to push you forward in your uniqueness. You don't have to be like everybody else. Be who God created you to be. Trust God for who he created you to be and do. What business is inside of you? or What what uniqueness is in you that could start a business one day? What? What uniqueness is in you that makes you unfearful to travel the world? What? What uniqueness? It's a matter of trusting God in this process. Yeah, It's a matter of trusting God. Some of us, and I'm about finished, some of us are like the Israelites. Psalm 137. They were in Babylon. That's the way some of us are. And they said, by the rivers of Babylon, our captors required of us a song. Asked us to sing some of the songs from our homeland. But we hung our harps on the willow trees. And we said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? That's the place to sing the Lord's song. Sing them in a strange land. Sing them when things are going wrong in your life. Sing them when the devil is fighting you on every side. Sing the Lord's song when that wicked supervisor is causing problems for you. Sing the Lord's songs. Because you might be in a bad situation, but that bad situation doesn't have to be in you. There's uniqueness in you. There's ability in you. There's creativity in you. Sing the Lord's song. The Lord's songs will lift you up. The Lord's songs will lift you up. You may not remember every scripture, but if that scripture is based on the Lord's song, it'll remind you of the word of the Lord. And God watches over his word to perform his word. I'm looking for God, amen, even now, to perform his word in my life. I'm looking for God to take me some other places and do some other things in my life. Even at 67, God is not finished with me yet. It's a matter of trusting God and seeing it from a different perspective. I'm not just here trusting God because I'm going through something. Actually, you know what? When I think about going through, I realize it ain't that bad. (laughs) Lord have mercy. It's not that bad. You see, I've been enough places to see people who have to live from day to day. I don't have to live from day to day. Mm -mm. If I keep electricity paid in my house, I can go to my freezer and get some food. Some of us are already cooked. I don't have to live from day to day. Amen. I have income coming in. Amen, I don't have to live from day to day. You know what? I have electricity. I don't even have to go to the market every day to buy food because I keep it stored up. Amen. I have, I have Medicare. You have health insurance. I don't have, to, I don't have to wait till somebody sends me some money to find a clinic somewhere if I had to take a sick child to. Amen. I remember my first trip to Liberia when they heard that a nurse was in one village. A lady brought her sick child, but on the way the baby died because she couldn't get to the clinic in time. But here I am in America. I don't have to walk to the clinic. I get in my car and drive. Are oh, you understanding When I think about going through, going through ain't so bad here in the United States of America. God is looking for you to trust him, to develop the uniqueness in you. You got to discover that uniqueness. Work on it with God's help in developing that uniqueness. Trusting him in the process that he's going to use that to make you noticeable and to push you forward into the world. So think about it. What's in you? What's in you that's unique? You know, people, the devil will try to make you feel bad about your uniqueness. The devil will tell you, look at that person. See what they have? Look at what they're doing. And look at you. But see, you got to see yourself. you got to see your own uniqueness. Years ago, after I graduated from seminary, some of my friends, some of my seminary classmates were in churches paying six figures. Here I am in York County I'm making one half of six figures. But you know what the Lord said? You're where I want you to be where I want you to be. And I've gone more places and I've done more things than some of those same seminary classmates. And I've been blessed by more people. Some of those same seminary classmates where I was looking at from the wrong perspective. We tend to judge things by money, rather than judging things by being where God wants us to be and doing what God wants us to do and receiving the blessings that God wants us to receive. If I die today, I've lived a full, meaningful, and impactful life. You understand what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. Sometimes you don't need money. You need God's favor. There are some things money can't buy. So they said, money can't buy love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the money in the world can't buy love. I've listened to young pastors complain about the things that they perceive they're going through. And I said to, her, I say to them, but this is a part of the calling. What were you expecting? What were you expecting? Yeah, you see being a preacher, you're in front of people. You're liked by people. Everybody look at your face, look at your face and smile at you. They don't like you. Y'all like me. I know it. But everybody doesn't. But what does it matter? Listen, as much as I love being liked and loved by other people, that's not my purpose. My purpose is to please God. And if I please God, people who want to please God will appreciate the gift that's inside of me. You don't live and do things so people will like you. Amen. Trust in God. A broader perspective. God wants more than your salvation. He wants your blessed life. Let's stand. He wants your impactful life. He wants your meaningful life so that and those things comes through the gifts through the talents through the abilities through the uniqueness that he has placed in you you know the bible says and train up a child in the way that we read it from king james he should go this is a challenge to parents train up a child in the direction that he, is, he or she is spiritually bent. And when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. So then my, 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 my goal, my, my challenge is to look at my child was to look at my child and see the direction through which he is spiritually bent. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. He didn't say he wouldn't make mistakes, but he won't depart from it. My son said, Daddy, He said, "I don't want to be a pastor." I said, "That's okay, son." But I look at what what God has where God has placed my son, and how He's going to be a blessing to so many people. That's what it's about. Would I love to say, "Alfred Jackson is going to be Alfred is going to be the next pastor of Tabernacle of Yeah, but you know what? That doesn't matter to me. I just want the best person to be the pastor. I want the ministry to go on. If he's saved and doing what God called him to do, that's what is important. That's where he'll be blessed. We got we to see. We got to pay attention. We ask for discernment. God, how should I be directing even my child? How should I help my child to develop the uniqueness in him or her. Does this message make any sense? Now if you're 60, 70 years old just know that you're not washed up. You're not finished. God didn't finish with you yet. Amen. He's not. God has a whole lot for you to do. There's still some uniqueness inside of you. Build some uniqueness. People, and I don't say this, people, there, there's this, 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 this church in Togo who's been asking me to come, and they say, You don't have to buy your ticket. We're going to buy your ticket, we're going to put you up. We're in Africa. The churches, you know, and I praise God for our churches. And I've been saying to our pastors, I said, you know, I've been coming, Liberia especially. I've been coming here so long, you know, I shouldn't have to say it. You all should be buying my ticket back for me to come now. But now here's somebody else that's saying, just got the call last week. We want you to come. And don't worry about your plane ticket. Don't worry about your accommodations. We've got that covered. Here I am. I'm not old. I'm middle age. <laughs> Amen. And God is still opening doors. And guess what? Well, I won't say that. I won't reveal that yet. I don't want to run anybody away. But your uniqueness. Your uniqueness. You. You. You fearfully and wonderfully made by the almighty God in that fearfully and wonderfully you are created uniqueness uniquely God wants you to discover your uniqueness God wants you to develop with his help your uniqueness your gift will make room for you God will make you noticeable Don't worry about being like everybody else. You don't have to be like everybody else. Be who God created you to be. Get out of that rut that you hear so many people talking. Get out of that rut. Parents, watch your children. Watch what certain teachers may say to them that will try to keep them in that rut, especially for us as black black people watch out for those people that speak the wrong things into your children don't have to be teachers but they're exposed to teachers every day they're exposed to their friends every day they come out of negative situations watch them so that you speak life into them, you speak purpose into them you speak to them about their uniqueness anyway, let me end this this goes really deep for us really deep. I pray that you've been blessed by the Word today. If you're watching us online, or if you're in the sanctuary, you've not confessed Jesus as Savior and Lord, this is the the starting point for being who God designed you to be. And enter into the destiny that God has for you. You may do well in life without Christ, but at the end, There is no hope for eternity, a life forever with the Lord. And you will never fulfill your purpose, which means that your life, after all of the money you make, will not be fulfilled. I don't see myself leaving this world with regrets. I see myself on my deathbed, having lived a full, a complete and meaningful life and thanking God for every inch of the journey. Good times and bad times. Thanking God. So it starts with Jesus. It really does. You might say, why Jesus? Because that's what God ordained. God sent Christ into this world to become the sacrifice on the cross for your sins and my sins. To satisfy divine justice so that you and I could be found pleasing in His sight because we deserve death for our sin. That's the law of God. God can't go back on His law, so God fixed it so that His law could be fulfilled. Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, God in flesh, died on the cross. Jesus, who took on the form of a man, the likeness of human flesh, died on the cross. Voluntarily gave his life on that cross to satisfy divine justice so that in Christ and only in Christ Jesus, you and I could be just in the eyes of God. So, with that said, if you want to accept Christ Jesus and the sacrifice he made for you, the provision for eternal life, There's a simple prayer that you can pray as you give your life to Jesus. Pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I believe that God sent you into this world on my behalf. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins you took my place you satisfied God's law on my behalf thank you Lord Jesus Lord Jesus come into my life be my Savior be my Lord it's my will I want you to save me from my sin Lord, I believe that you've done what I've asked you to do. Thank you for saving me. Amen. I know that sounds simple, but that's the word of the Lord. If it's your will, not because you followed me in what I said in the prayer, but that's what you wanted to do. I just led you through a prayer of confession. All right? The Bible teaches us that as many as received him, he gave them the right to become his sons and daughters. So, if you've received Jesus today, write to us, let us know, so that we can follow up with you. Help you begin the process of spiritual growth and direct you to a church if you don't live in this area where you can be connected and continue to be nurtured in the Lord. Thank you uh, for tuning in. I want to pray for everyone in the sanctuary, everyone that's listening online who are believers. Lord, thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for your word that has gone forth, your word that doesn't return to you void. Thank you, Lord, that your word accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for the uniqueness that you've placed in us. Thank you for us being fearfully and wonderfully made. Help us, Lord, to discover that uniqueness. Help us to develop that uniqueness. Help us, Lord God, as we trust you, that you will push us forward into this world, that you will take those gifts, those abilities, those uniqueness, that you will make us noticeable to who we need to be noticeable to. You will open up doors, you will elevate us, you will use us, and these blessings will come our way so that we will be a blessing to ourselves, to others, and most of all to your kingdom. Whatever we're going through today, we just cast it on you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your help in dealing with every situation and every circumstance. We will not get caught up. We will not get stuck in where we are, but we look to you to take us to where we should be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life, or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. That's tabernacleofpraise at msn.com.